Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I got one last thing. Um, you know, being at one of the last home games we're going to have, and it's important to our college football uh, playoff run, um, going to call out our fans. It's going to be an important one for us, a 7 o'clock game, night game. Um, I don't want to hear any talk about the 2008 Texas Tech game. This needs to be the new talk for the future. This, this crowd needs to be going. Um, you know, we give it our all week in and week out. I, I expect the fans to do the same for me on Saturday. Official 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Featuring site publishers Carrie Murdoch and Josh McQuistian, along with videographer Eddie Radosovich. It's the unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is another edition of the unofficial 40 right here on Soonerscoop.com. And Baker, we are here for you. Just so you know, we're, we're here for you. Uh, Eddie, Josh, and myself, uh, we give it our all as well, each and every week on this podcast. And uh, Welcome in, gentlemen. Josh, uh, how are you doing today, sir? I'm just excited I remembered to unmute myself, so that's, that's, that's very huge nice. news. It's a big step it's for very me. very nice. Uh, Josh is uh, much closer to popping out another kid than I thought. Is it, is it getting tense? Not you close. yourself, but your wife, obviously. Yes, yes. Thankfully, I don't have to do any of that. So It'd be um, very painful. Yeah, you know, I last obviously this time we're th- there is no attempt at natural. We know the way we're going. Um, last time, what, did you have a midwife come in last time? Hours. Did you have a midwife come in last time or something? No, no. I mean, we were in the hospital the whole time. It was scheduled. Laney came a week late. Tiffany went to 41 weeks. Like, Laney had no interest in, in, in getting out of there. And uh, also, s- Tiffany spent about 20 hours in labor before they were like, okay, we're just going to have to, we're going to have to go get her. So she was, L- Laney was very cool to chill as she pretty much is cool now. So. Eddie Radosovich joins us as well. He is, Eddie has uh, been extra salty lately. Yeah, that that that's what will happen when uh, when you have people like Joey Galloway in this world. Uh, Josh, I just wasn't wanted to offer the Scoop HD assistance during the birth. <laughs> no, 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 no. We could come in and do a really good job with it. Maybe multi-cam it. Uh, put a maybe put a, a cam on uh, on your head as well. It, mm-hmm. It'd be a real professional the GoPro production. It. Yeah. The- the thing you don't know, like you see in the movies and you think you understand like what goes on in that room. And Tiffany had told me coming in because of, Tiffany's anesthesia. She's in those rooms all the time. And I didn't know it. Like I thought you either like chose to be down there where the baby was coming out or you were up by the head. And me, I, I was like, I'll be by the head. I got no interest in seeing all that down there. That's not for me. And I wasn't really my choice. And frankly, they kind of like... <laughs> They let you, like, I was up by the head. 
And so I was happy with that. But they were like, okay, dad, you can stand up now. Like once Laney was out and I was like, oh, and then they like immediately want you to sit back down. And Tiffany tells me it's because a lot of men pass out, like just literally see it. And they're like, oh my God. And they just fall over. So they that want was, like the blood to come to your head if you stand I, up or something. I guess. I don't know what that is, but I mean, within like three minutes though, like they had Laney cleaned up and I could go and I held her and all that stuff. Like it was real fast to kind of, you know, I guess turnaround sounds really crass, but like, I don't really know other way to put it. Game's um, on. Gotta go. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> oh, let me get the baby. But it was so weird because I'm holding Laney in one arm and I look over and Tiffany is so drugged up and she's like <laughs> kind of smiling, but like, it's like that smile, like she may be dying. Like, I'm not <laughs> sure. And I so like, can't the whole raise time, I'm this like, baby by myself. Exactly. Like I'm looking because Tiffany works with all these people. So I'm like, because we were at a hospital that she worked at and I'm like, is she okay? And they're like, yeah, it's totally fine. She's fine. She'll come out of it in just a little bit. We'll give her something to kind of get her going. I was like, okay, great. Like once I knew she wasn't dying, the the kind of weirdness of it wore off. But it it's amazing how fast that all happens. Like we were, I was scrubbing up, and then the next second I was holding Laney. Like it, it happens really, really fast. But this isn't going to interfere with signing day, right? Because, I mean, you know, that's, what, that's that, what's really important. No, I, I, I told Tiffany, I was like, because the schedule we were on, we were we are on unless unless the number two comes early, we will have to, um, or I, I will have a five day old on that on that winter signing day. <laughs> that is gonna be one of the shittier days of my life. Like I'm just gonna go ahead and lay that out there. So um, yeah, but I mean, look, between, let's face it. I mean, signing day outside of trying to figure out if our servers are gonna crash or not. That's probably become the most intriguing part of it. Is uh, and who knows what's going to happen, you know, with the early period now. And I, I mean, that's a whole subject that we haven't even really talked about. Is like, you know, like A and M and schools that have you know Tennessee. Like, how shitty are their signing their their early signing days going to be? And how will that affect what happens going forward? Because you know they're like, oh God, that's all you guys got, you know, in this whole thing. While you know OU or somebody that's in a good situation, yeah, your class say, could, we got all these guys. Your class could literally fall apart in a month, yep, yep. A month and, and a half. And it's interesting because it's going to be very weighted towards schools that are doing early enrollments because the early enrollments they're going to sign because there's just no reason not to yeah. really. Um, so you know when OU has all these guys coming in like Jaqueline Crawford and some of their some of their guys that are a active recruiters and b are well known. TJ Pledger being another one. I mean, when you have those kind of guys, oh, you could say, well, look at all the look at what we've already got in the you know on the books, and we can tell you about them, and we can advertise all this. And why don't you come join that? That's where A and M's like, yeah, we got this three star from College Station, you know, like high school. Like it's just it's going to look different. So I wonder how much that will tilt the scales um, going forward, and I wonder. You know why? If that's why some kind of the smaller schools kind of fought this a little bit. Can't wait until they hire Craig Bull as their head next head coach at Texas A and M. He's the white dude that we were talking about. Yeah, I they might bring Zombie Bear Bryant back. He might just rise. Him or Robert E. Lee, one of the two. <laughs> what an embarrassing oh. institution. Uh. Okay. So. 
you heard Baker at the beginning. TCU's coming up this week. I I mean I the whole 2008 like get over it. That's story. Get over it. <laughs> it's like Nine it years happened. Ago. It happened. It was great. It was great evening. You know, I I don't know that taking musical recommendations is going to help any. No, because anything that they play is going to be terrible to begin with. I have not gone. I, I saw Kenny Mossman getting into Kenny Mossman's associate athletic director at OU. Uh, he's very Twitter savvy, and he was he was. I I should go look at it right now. But I wanted to see like some of the if they don't stuff that people were. Oh well, if if it was any of the suggestions that people oh, no, no, suggested no, no. to me, like who let the dogs out die? <laughs> don't ever tweet me again if you tweeted who let the dogs out. Don't ever talk to me again. I mean, it was it. There were some really bad suggestions. I just want to see some of the really bad. The Migos Oklahoma song, though, if they don't play that, they might as well just quit doing what they're trying to do. Eddie, did you tweet out the Malcolm Kelly thing as a recommendation that they should just play Malcolm's little rap solo after the Big 12 championship? I think the Barstool OU account did it earlier in the day, and I just reiterated that that'd be a good idea. But I will say, I did tweet out they should never play the uh, jump around song and then like 20 minutes later is when OU put out the uh, we are accepting request so you're welcome OU fans how much like do you think OU can find something that can be theirs because jump around is Wisconsin it just is like not to is mention there a it's song just a that terrible can be song theirs that can be cool for a lot of people uh, I kind of randomly started putting some thought into it but not much I, it it there's stuff out there. I mean, I don't know if it's. I mean, jump around is like it's like retro hip hop is safe. Like that's the most stadium safe thing there is now. Or maybe like Kanye, if you can get the clean version. It's the problem with all this stuff. I mean, like the, there's no real like. It'd be awesome, like if you played like "Congratulations" by Post Malone, like after a win or something. I could see that being cool, but yeah. like, I, like, and it's like I don't want OU adopting "Sweet Caroline." That would be stupid. Mm-hmm. Kill me, kill me. Isn't that the Red Sox property? Right. I don't know if it's the property, but they. Play but I mean, it. they're the ones that are famous for it, right? Yeah, back east. I d- and then Wisconsin got- does Buttercup. Well, don't forget about. Go Cubs, go! No, it's no, not I baseball season. Worse than that. <laughs> they do you hate I, Go Cubs, go? No, I don't. But it's you not. You can't. It's, it's not baseball it's, season. So, but I'm he's just le- saying he's legally bound. I am just my God, Eddie. Why are you so? Because we're talking about music and it's a top ten game this week. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? <sighs> this team's Eddie. trying to win a national championship, and we're talking about what music they're gonna play. Sick of it. Eddie is triggered by the 2008 stuff. He's triggered by the music stuff. Because everybody's ideas suck. Well, nobody's going to agree on music, just like nobody's going to agree on politics. Nobody can't. But that's what I'm saying. Like, why are people, why do they care so much? Wagon like, wheel, I, I Darius think, Rucker, that's not. Oh, my God. If they play that, <laughs> tear down the stadium. If they play wagon wheel at a college football game, oh, my God. ACDC, well, ACDC, ACDC, George Thurgood, Guns N' Roses, Scorpions, Kiss. Every person that has said any of those songs, Jump, Van die. Halen. I will jump out of the press box if they play Jump from Van Halen. 
Like I love that song when I was in sixth grade at the roller rink, but you know what? They've come out with other songs since then, damn it. God. Listen to some music. I mean, I don't understand all these people that listen to the same music that came out in 1980 and have never listened to anything else. That drives me insane. Because they're racist. They're not racist. <laughs> <laughs> they're just small-minded music listeners. They should anyway. actually, the people that have requested those songs, they should reply back and say, you're no longer a season ticket holder. In the air Oklahoma. tonight, Phil Collins. It's been done. Jesus Christ, people. It's been done since the 80s. See, okay, here's someone throwing if, in a little DJ Khaled, a little, little John Fort Minor, if, if a little the song, Kendrick Lamar. If the song wasn't made after the year 2010, I don't want to hear it. How about that? No, that's not, I mean... I think there are there are classic hip hop songs. I think that is the best genre to go with. I really do. Like Kanye, like Power by Kanye. That'd be good. AM does it. AM does Power by Kanye? Every game. Really? Yeah. And it's awesome. Really? I didn't know this. And the whole student section sings it. Damn. I think you should play Sexy Back for Baker. <laughs> God, if they play no. that. If they play that, they should go to the person that played it and throw them out of the press box. Bring them out has been done. How about how about this? You don't play any music and you just kick the shit out of TCU and then nobody <laughs> cares. I'm so sick of this. Oh my god. Rage monster, calm it down. I've got a pregnant wife at home. I don't need it everywhere I go. The, the podcast is my release. You got you got to bring it down. Is that is it that bad, Josh? It's dangerous sometimes. Like, Tiffany's really pretty good as far as a pregnant girl goes, but there are days that you're, you're, you're walking around on eggshells. There's no question. Let me see if I can sue the savage beast. Uh, let's get back to Lincoln Riley. Uh, let's talk some football. How about it? Here's Lincoln How about Riley football topics? talking about injuries uh, coming up this week. Uh, the only information I've got for you is uh, Khalil Houghton will be out this week. Uh, uh, we do expect <clears throat> Neville Gallimore back, uh, and I don't have any information for you on anybody else. He did uh, go on to say later in the press conference that Jordan Thomas was questionable, which I believe got a small cheer from some segment of the fan base. I Someone on my Twitter timeline asked if someone could take him out, basically. Yeah, and that I saw that. That yeah. person, worst human in the world. Oh, there are worse humans. He's just one of them. It's pathetic. But you don't have you don't have Will Johnson in the first half because of the targeting call. You don't have Khalil Houghton. So you've got Robert Barnes and basically Chance Selvey. That's your that's your safeties going into this thing. And I mean, Trey Brown and Trey Norwood, Parnell Motley, I mean, they're not safety guys. Who am I missing here, Eddie? Who else could play? I mean, it's gonna have to be Robert Barnes or Chance Selvey. So I'm not missing anybody. Those are your two options. Do you think there's any thought of moving Jordan Thomas there? No. No, I don't. I've, I've asked that question. I mean, like question. in an emergency. I don't mean like permanently. I've or asked that like question that. so many times, and it's it's like never even brought up. Okay. I mean, not brought. It's never even. Like, they, they, they won't even consider it. Yeah. I don't think he's this, just the only one physically that would make any sense. I don't think this defensive staff is innovative enough to do something like that. Oh. That's not nice. Is there anything that you do like today, Eddie? No. He's in a mood. Here's my thing, and this is this is my biggest concern for OU heading into this thing, is, Eddie, we were on the field after the game. That was an exhausted team. Yeah. Like, I mean... Like, after Ohio State, 
that energized them. They were partying. They were they were freaking out. You know, they were planting flags. They won by 15. They won by 15. And it was kind of a grinded out win, but it was still the most physical challenge they'd had. And then who was the next week? Was that was that uh, Tulane? Yeah. And they came out and played like shit. Yeah, but they I mean, I just I don't I don't really think that if they lose on Saturday, it's going to be because they're worn down. Te- TCU played Texas last week. Is Texas not physical anymore? Four weeks ago, we were no. saying how physical that OU Texas game was. But, I mean, and everybody's playing this way. They, it, nobody's had a bye week since October, or before October, or like right at the beginning of October. So, nobody's on a bye. I, I don't know. I, I, I am concerned about OU just kind of having a lack of energy in this game. If they come out with a lack of energy in a top 10 game at home, every player should get their scholarship taken away. And maybe every coach fired. That was kind of my thing with players and coaches this week. I would say that Bill Biedenboe is your champion, Eddie. But let's first hear from Eric Wren just talking about bouncing back. How do you guys feel physically going through that game, you know, Saturday? Is it was it more was it tougher to bounce back on Sunday? Uh, you know, we we play a lot of tough games here. You know, Texas week is really tough. Um, the Ohio State game is really tough. So you get pretty used to it. You know, um, the earlier part of the season prepares you for the later half of the season. Are there things that you can do to to kind of bounce back better? Just recover. Just make sure you're doing your treatments and stuff, and you know, you should be fine. Is that something that you kind of preach? And I don't know, maybe Tiffany preaches that more this week than maybe normal. Uh, you know, all the coaches, you know, uh, preach it, you know, every day. You know, make sure you get your cold tub, make sure you uh, take care of your body, get in the training room if you have nicks and necks, you know, things like that. How, do, how much does the new facilities help you guys? Oh, it helps a lot, you know, and even the old facilities, you know, when we was over there in the trailers, it wasn't, the treatment was still the same, you know, we had cold tubs and hot tubs and, you know, treatment was still mandatory and stuff These like are pretty that. pretty awesome, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty God. cool. Stop. Uh, okay, so you know we're talking about that stuff, the cold tubs, the treatment, and all that stuff. Uh, and uh, is the cold cup cold, colder than cold? <laughs> Did it sound like someone wanted to be part of OU's next promo? Uh, I I think he probably wants to get in with the cold tub with him. <laughs> Naked. Worse. Uh, what? I, bet there's shrinkage in the cold tub. So George yeah, he Costanza, knows an Under Armour, George right? Costanza knows all that. about that. Uh, so I asked Bill Biedenboe kind of the same thing, and Bill Biedenboe was like, you can only imagine, He's, he was Bill Biedenboe. Bill, is it easier this deep into the season to bounce back, you know, when you've had a, a big Oh, we had We had four like to that. six. I mean, I don't know what bounce. I mean, we had four to six bad plays. No, I mean, physically, you know, I mean? you know, I mean, you run, you know, 75 plays or whatever. It's a very emotional game. I'm thinking like after that Ohio State game, you know, guys – Bounce. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know bouncing back or this or that. I mean, you, it doesn't matter what you do, win or lose, how many plays. You got to be ready to come in today and go back out there and practice. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter what happened in the game. In my mind, you know, as a coach, and hopefully those players feel the same way. You know what I'm saying? And you know, it's just about getting back to work. I mean, we want to win a championship, and it's it takes hard work. It's why one team wins a championship. It's the hardest thing that they're going to do. But if that's your mindset and your, that's your mentality, then no matter what happened in the previous game, you'll learn from it, good and bad, and, and come back ready to practice today, which they did. It just reminds me of the Silicon Valley scene. What's that? This guy. Yeah? I'm already bleeping it's stuff. True. So. That is true. And Bill Beatenbow is a leader of men. 
I, he just uh, he, he's not going to take any of your crap about you're tired, you're worn out. Well, it's just I mean it it's kind of mind blowing to think that they would come out tired. But we've seen it before. That's why I'm saying. I mean, this team, Eddie, you have and to the admit, biggest game of the year. But you have to admit this team is it's baffling to watch this team when they decide they're going to play hard or not. Yeah, and they came out and played pretty hard in a big game last week. What game have I don't know, they gave up four sacks and seven plays and they still scored 62 points. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what game did they come out and play like crap in against a, a good opponent? Kansas State. Kansas State's terrible. Well, and, they've only had so many. I mean, I'm trying to think how did Texas start? Was it stellar? I mean, it wasn't yeah. terrible. Oh. For OU, they were rolling. Yeah, they, they were twenty to nothing. Yeah, oh, that's right. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of with Eddie. Like, well, Iowa State, the defense was terrible from the beginning. Well, it they was, were still up who, seventeen who, in the se- in the third quarter, driving, and you fumble, and then all hell broke loose. Yeah, fumbled inside the five. Well, they're I, up seven when they fumbled. No, they were up uh, fourteen. I thought when they fumbled. no the fumble. No, uh, they were going to go up by fourteen. Yeah, I okay. think that's what it was. I think it, it was either. It was three or seven, something like that. Then whatever. Either way, I um, just I would if they came. You don't out, think that this team has had issues? No, they have preparing. They have, they have. I, I think they have absolutely. But if they came out flat in a game with this much importance to the season, mm-hmm. then they're a bunch of pretenders. Been saying it all year. I, I don't know how you come into this game flat. Like and Kerry, I, I know what you're saying because I agree. You know they. They were flat early against Tulane. They were flat against Iowa State. They were flat against K-State. But they've all season long, they've played to whoever their competition is. Here's, here's so, well, And here's my worry, though, is that if they don't, and I think they understand how good TCU's front, you know, defensive front is, I mean, it's really damn good. It's I watched that Texas game. Those guys are good. Like, Texas this ran is, for nine yards. This is the biggest challenge that this offensive line has had all year. And I guess I'm worried more about the offensive line than am the defensive line because if you want to shut down Baker Mayfield, it's just like with Mason Rudolph. Like If you have offensive line issues, your quarterback has issues, no matter how good he is. And if TCU wants to slow down OU's offense, and if they do slow down OU's offense, it's going to be because their defensive line had their way at times with OU's offensive line. To me, that's the biggest key in this game. I think I'm. Go ahead, go, go ahead, Eddie. No, go ahead. I'm not convinced that TCU, because everybody's trying to pretend that Oklahoma State just manned up and beat up OU in the second half. Oklahoma State was committing seven guys to the run at times. Well, you're not going to win in those numbers. Like that's just basic math. Like there, there's more guys than you can block. They're probably going to win in a run game. Like that's just the way that's going to go. But that's why Marquise Brown had 260 yards receiving. Like I'm not convinced that TCU can just put five guys in the box and they're going to beat OU. I think if they're going to outnumber them, they can win that. Sure, they're a good defensive front. But if they do, they leave themselves open on the back end to Baker Mayfield, which is you know, obviously playing with fire. In recent years, that's what they've done, isn't it? And that's why well, Didi had aggressive. such a big game against them yep. the yep. last two years. Yeah, I mean, I think I think with TCU, and look at the history of this this game. I mean, think about when Baker got the concussion. He left, was it 30-7 to when he left that game? I was talking about that they with almost somebody came yesterday. All the way back. What was the score at halftime of that game before I'm Trevor pretty Knight sure, full Trevor Knight? I'm pretty sure... OU's final score was their halftime total. 
I don't think yeah. he scored in the second half. I don't half. think Trevor led him to a and, score. And 30 to, not, 30 to 7 would have been probably about right, Kerry, because I think it wasn't the final score 30 to 29. Yes. And they went for two to try to get Steve, the win. Yeah, and Stephen Parker, Parker that ball. Yeah. Batted it down. But like yeah. every game that they play, OU gets up big early. Like it's just. It was 23 7 at halftime. They scored, in the, they scored okay. one touchdown in the second okay. half. You're right. You're but right. but it, it always seems to play out the same way. OU gets up big early. And TCU comes racing back. Except for last year. Because they were down 14 to nothing. Yeah, that's and right. You're thinking, holy shit, this team's one and two. And they're about to be one and three. But they th- but that was the only time. But they still they survived that 14 nothing deal, came back, took a huge lead. Yeah. It looked like it was a blowout, and then all of a sudden TCU just started throwing the ball deep shots. bombs away. Yeah. It's almost like TCU. It's like what Lincoln Riley was talking about with the Big 12 and the, the – the, he made the statement that, you know, it's uneducated that people in this league take more chances because they know they have to against good offenses. It's almost like, you know, TCU goes into this game trying to be conservative, trying to control the clock like they did with OSU when they won. And then all of a sudden they get behind and they open up their game plan and that's always what kind of kills OU defensively. Last two seasons versus OU, TCU has scored 16 in the fourth quarter in 2015 and 22 in the fourth quarter in uh last season in Fort Worth. That was an ugly game. It looked I mean, it last year's game at TCU looked a lot like OU's games do this year. Yeah. They, scored they 20. play really, really well, and then they just get embarrassed for a portion of it. OU the was down 21-7 to after the first quarter, and we're up 35-24 at halftime. They time. smoked him. Westbrook and, went off. That was kind of the coming out party for D.D. Westbrook, Well, remember, they it? started running with Pirine, and he really, they said I have to commit so many people to the run that they got Westbrook one-on-one on the outside, and he was just running, them. running past people. Yeah, I mean, they, they had almost – actually, you know who had a big rushing day, and I kind of forgot about it, was Baker that day. Had two touchdown runs, ran for about 60 yards, and Mixon and Pirine had almost two – they did have 200 yards together. So yeah. that was well, – I that, think I'd forgotten about that a little bit. The, the Mayfield touchdown run in the end zone when he ran over the cornerback and then stood over oh, him was kind of like the yeah. the flip starter. Oh, you used that, that? They flipped the over, switch over, on over that again. one. All right, uh, actually, we have a special guest, guys. Uh, joining us now is uh, ESPN. Unfortunately, he kind of works for the SEC Network, which is, I don't know how it's become like the villain of Oklahoma, but Dari Noka joins us. Uh, OU alum, and uh, Dari, how how odd is that? I mean, like, Oklahoma has become like this evil empire. Some I, I, I blame Feinbaum for it, really, I do. Yeah. Well, I don't, and I don't blame you one bit. You know, as long as I don't become this hated villain in Oklahoma, because that would really bother me. Um, but you know what? It's one of those things. I'll be honest. When we first of all, the decision to go to the network was one because even as a, a guy who grew up in Oklahoma and, and went to Oklahoma, I had no affinity for the for that conference. I was like you. I got uh, sick of talking about it, sick of hearing about it. I, I was so tired of hearing the two words Tim Tebow at one point in my life. Um, you know, everything about the SEC. And I, I mean, I used to, I don't know how many times I did Tim Tebow lead-ins on sports. Oh, you know, man. And I'm sitting there just clenching my teeth. But when I went to, to ESPNU in 2011, I started calling basketball games, calling baseball games in the SEC. And the more I went to these towns and the more I talked to the coaches, the athletic directors, the people at the school, the fans, 
Um, the more I kind of started to realize why there was a buzz around the league, like it's a passion that, you know, there are very few schools in the country, and I think Oklahoma is one, but very few in the country where you have the passion that at least 12 of the SEC schools have. So that makes it kind of cool. And I remember when I went over to the SEC Network, I was talking to Mike Slive, who was the commissioner, and I said, you know, I hope you're, you're good with the fact that I have zero SEC affiliation. I wasn't born in an SEC state, didn't go to an SEC school. He goes, Dari, that's one of the biggest reasons we wanted you, because nobody can look at you and say, oh, you're biased towards so-and-so. Yeah, so it's worked great. out. Yeah, you know, it's it's, it's interesting uh, because we, we've worked at Rivals, you know, so long. Josh and I and Eddie's been with us now for a while. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable the passion that is in the SEC. And, I mean, whether it's Georgia or Tennessee, I mean, there's just not the passion in the Big 12 or especially the Pac-12. I mean, you can argue the Big 10 has some passionate fan bases. I don't know why Iowa's been supporting that team as much as they have at times. Uh, but it, it's like... That's kind of why I've always said it'd be pretty cool for OU to go to the SEC because the passion that is there, it would it would make OU fans kind of raise their game a little bit. I would love it, man. I would absolutely. I, I think, you, and I think like geographically, I think in terms of the fan base, the passion, I think it all makes sense. You know, I don't know if it'll ever happen, obviously, but um, you know, I, I do know this. I've had so many conversations with, with people again uh, at high levels around the SEC and at the in the SEC schools. They all know where I'm from. They all know where I went to school. And they all have so much respect for OU yeah. that I don't think there would be one bit of hesitation uh, to that idea somewhere down the road to OU coming over. Dari, uh, we just, uh, by the way, we're joined by Dari Noka, ESPN, SEC Network, uh, OU alum. Uh, we've we've done a lot of stuff with Dari over the years uh, and, and done some stories on your foundation, Dari, Hayden's Hope. Uh, and we've, we've just launched something today on the website uh, Dari had uh, a package that he's put together and uh, approached us and said, hey, do you think we could do something here? Uh, we said, absolutely. Uh, but you have uh, a, a couple of ticket packages that we're offering for the West Virginia game. It'll be the final home game of Baker Mayfield's OU career, uh, potentially mm-hmm. Heisman Trophy winner that will be added to the, uh, the Heisman Plaza. Uh, but it's the West Virginia game. You've got eight tickets to this Uh uh, and we're doing it a couple different ways. You know, if 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 uh, what it is, you have eight package, eight eight club seats, really good seats, it includes food and drink and all that stuff. Uh, and we we work with Joe Castiglione and the university uh, on this deal. We've got sideline, a couple of sideline passes here, parking passes. It's a complete game day experience. Uh, all the information's on our website now, uh, but. Dari, all of this is to benefit uh, your foundation, Hayden's Hope. Uh, we've got a, a story back in 2013 that we wrote about it when James Fraschilla was doing uh, all of his trick shot stuff, mm-hmm. helping to raise money uh, for your foundation. But uh, just quickly, if you could kind of tell people uh, if they don't know the story uh, behind Hayden's Hope uh, and kind of what you guys are doing. Sure, yeah, no worries. Uh, shortly after we moved to Charlotte from uh, Bristol, Connecticut in, in 2011, uh, we had a baby boy. His name was Hayden Michael. And uh, he was uh, completely healthy when he was born. But when we got home a few days later, uh, his sixth day of life, uh, he came down with a fever. And to make an incredibly long, agonizing story short, uh, we took him obviously to the hospital, uh, and he never left it. At some point in his first few days, he caught a virus. The virus impacted his heart, uh, led to what's just called viral myocarditis. It landed him on the heart transplant list, and while he was on the heart transplant list, 
he suffered a stroke, which meant that he was going to be taken off the heart transplant list. And uh, we had no choice at that point uh, but to let him go, and we did that September 20th, 2011, uh, when he was 39 days old. And within a few days, my wife and I decided, because that story had gotten a lot of traction, obviously the ESPN tie is probably the biggest reason to reason for it. And we had a lot, of, and, and Richard Deitch and Sports Illustrated had written something about it. So a lot of people knew about it. We didn't want his 39 days to go without meaning something much grander. And so we joined forces with a group that we, re, and we researched foundations all over the country, a group called the Children's Organ Transplant Association, it's just an abbreviated CODA, C-O-T-A. They're based in Indiana, but they are a national uh, foundation. And they raise money for kid, for families of kids who are awaiting, as Hayden was, a life-saving organ transplant. And these families, I'm telling you, carry most of the time, they're, they're, they're living for at least a, uh, several months, uh, you know, hours from home. They can't work. Bills are piling up. They can't pay their utilities. They can't pay their rent or their mortgage. Uh, you know, many jobs have let people, let them go. And the financial crisis is, is astounding. And sometimes, unfortunately, they're having to worry about that, and it's taken away from time with their kids, and that's what we don't want. Uh, and so that's what we do. And you can go to HaydensHope.org uh, to find out more about what we do. But in six years, we've raised almost $250,000, and, uh, you know, we've helped probably 40 to 50 families across the country. And wow. we feel good about that and, and are proud that, uh, that Hayden's name has been able to, to stick around and get in people's minds the way it has. That I mean, that is just amazing. And obviously, in Oklahoma, I know a lot of you know all fans know, uh, you know what Bob Stoops has done with the the Children's Hospital. Now Lincoln Riley's kind of continuing that mm-hmm. tradition. Uh, but yeah, we've we've seen those families and just the crisis that that you go through. And you mentioned it. Uh, you know, a lot of folks, you know, giving up their jobs just to be with their children uh, in times like that. It's just an unbelievable organization that you guys mm-hmm. have started. Uh, and what did it? What we've got for you, folks. Uh, uh, it's uh, it, it's a, a ticket package, as I said. We have two sets of four club-level seats. Uh, they uh, include food, non-alcoholic beverages for the West Virginia game. Uh, seats are Section 125, Row 4, so they're fantastic. Uh, but that's not all you get because we've got pregame field passes uh, that Joe Castiglione has, mm-hmm. has helped us arrange, uh, the University of Oklahoma. Uh, also, uh, we should mention the tickets donated by uh, Caleb Crandall, uh, for this yep. uh, special deal too, and what it is, two sets of four tickets, fifteen hundred dollars a piece, uh, for club level seatings with all the perks, uh, getting to go down on the field, watch the pregame warm up, see the players up close. Uh, if you have a large party of people and you want to buy all, you know, both packages, we're actually going to discount it for twenty eight hundred dollars. You can buy all eight tickets. Uh, they'll have you know field passes and parking passes for everybody uh, on that included. So uh, go to Soonerscoop.com. If you're listening and uh, you, you just want to email, this is a first-come, first-served deal, uh, Hayden's underscore hope at yahoo.com, H-A-Y-D-E-N-S underscore hope at yahoo.com. If you email uh, Hayden's hope, the, the first person or first couple of people that email in uh, wanting to to donate to Hayden's Hope and pick up this ticket deal, uh, you will get them. Yeah, yeah, that's you explained it. You drilled it, absolutely drilled <laughs> it. And you mentioned Caleb Crandall. Caleb is an Oklahoma alum that lives in Indiana uh, with with these eight eight club level seats. They're his season tickets, and he he just out of the blue on Twitter once uh, hit me up and he said, "I want to make a donation. How can I reach you?" 
And I, I got in touch with him, and he offered this, and he said he wants to do something like this every year, which that kind of generosity, and yours too, Jerry, uh, Carrie, in terms of being able to, uh, or volunteering, offering up your site, your resources to get this out there, um, you know, I appreciate the heck out of you guys. And, yeah, so what is it? Yeah, two parking tickets. So each set of four gets a parking pass. If you end up buying all eight, for instance, you'll have two parking passes. Um, and then, again, yeah, imagine, like, the pictures, right? Imagine the Christmas cards, the holiday cards that you can oh. put together with your on-field level, uh, you know, passes before the game. So, you know, you're walking right by Baker Mayfield. How's that for Christmas? His time, last right? game, you'll On be able to sit day. there and, and watch <laughs> Baker Mayfield catch passes in the end zone. I mean, how amazing would that be? Uh, and, yeah. by the way, yep. hey, I, we've already put this on the message boards. People have said, well, I'm a, I'm a college student or, uh, you know, I just can't afford that. How can I still help out? Uh, to, with Hayden's hope, and uh, g- people can go to the website and donate. Right, just uh, just just there's a That's donation right. button, right? That's it. Go to Hayden'sHope.org. Uh, you'll see donate. Uh, it's incredibly easy to do. Any amount of money is is much much appreciated. Nothing too small. That's for sure. And um, again, I know this is a lot. You know, these tickets are I think are just south of two hundred dollars face value. But we're ho- a piece. But we're, we're hoping that. Uh, when you include the parking and you include the field passes for everybody in your party, uh, you know, that's something that you're not going to be able to, to package up anywhere else. And uh, realizing that you're doing it for a, a foundation that we deem worthwhile, uh, that, uh, hey, we'll start you guys. Don't yeah. forget that either. So <laughs> well, I tell you what, Dari, uh, <laughs> we, we at Sooner Scoop have really appreciated, uh, you know, you telling us your story and, and uh, working with us on this. We're going to, we're going to donate $500 to haydenshope.org uh, uh, just oh. just to uh, get the ball rolling here. So, yeah, if you want to go and donate haydenshope.org, uh, we're going to chip in the first $500. If you want to match us, uh, feel free to do that. Or if you want to give $5, $10, $20, uh, please do that. Hey, Dari, before we, get, before wow. we uh, let you go... Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't like compliments, so I'm just going to skip right over that we did that. Um, <laughs> well, uh, thanks anyway. Okay, I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, so, let me ask you. I mean, you're you're a big OU fan. Uh, you know, I hear you on the radio. You know, when you do Darian Mel, you, you you wear your heart on your sleeve uh, in regards to OU. What are you thinking right now about this season? How nervous are you about TCU coming up on Saturday? Yeah, nervous. I mean, I've seen them. I've seen their offense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and care. You know how I feel about our defense. I'm I'm so beyond frustrated with it. This isn't just a this year thing. This is a several year thing. And it's um, anytime I see uh, that defense on the field, I get nervous. And I, I I I just hope to goodness that somehow, some way, it plays out like it did in Stillwater, and and we're able to out simply flat out get a couple of stops when needed, uh, and, and simply outscore TCU. Have perfect offensive execution. Don't turn the football over. Don't give them opportunities. Uh, two interceptions might be too many this time. Uh, so, you know, I'm nervous. I, I'm absolutely nervous. I think OU in the in the CFP ranking is where they belong. Um, and quite frankly, if over the next few weeks I don't we don't see any better defense, even if they went out, I will not have a hard time understanding why they don't get in if a Clemson type of team does. So, uh, I just want to see better. I want to see we have to see wins, obviously. I want to see better performance on the defensive side. If that happens, I think the committee will take notice. I almost am afraid of, to let Eddie Radosovich ask you a question because he he's not a Joey Galloway fan right now. He feels like uh, he's attacking yeah. Oklahoma at every turn. I've never been more sure. triggered by somebody than Joey Galloway. 
he, he pushes all the right buttons. I'm going to tell you this, Dory. Eddie yeah. goes after, I mean, my coworkers, he goes after Jim Traber on Twitter all the time as well. And I'm just, it's very, it makes my life very awkward. I need more friends is what is basically what it comes down to. <laughs> You're sick of having to defend Eddie. Is that what you're saying, Terry? <laughs> you don't want to do it anymore. I'm saying he needs sick and tired of being sick and tired. Sam Bradford might has to yeah. might have to hire him as his personal servant uh, before too long. It is his birthday. <laughs> it is Sam Bradford's birthday <laughs> today. Yeah, we talked about that this morning. Oh, cool! Happy birthday, Sam. Yeah. Well, hey, Dari, we really still appreciate- hurt. Yeah, he's still. <laughs> yeah, they actually put him on the IR today, so. I <laughs> know. Not the best birthday. Dari, hey, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. And, and hey, we're really proud to partner with you. And, and uh, we want to get these sold. So, folks, uh, two ticket packages, $1,500 club level, which is the Mac Daddy. Uh, and uh, you will uh, have a great time. Get, go down on the field, see Baker Mayfield in his last game. Uh, email Hayden's underscore hope at yahoo.com. That's H A Y D E N S underscore hope at yahoo.com. First come, first serve. So, uh, if you're interested in this and you're listening on the podcast, uh, get to get to emailing. And uh, Dari will get you all the information, uh, direct you toward payment, get the tickets, direct you toward ticket delivery, all that stuff. So, Dari, thanks so yep. much, man. Uh, we look forward to, to continue watching your, your great coverage. You do such a fantastic job on ESPN, and we appreciate you joining us. Well, hey, guys, I appreciate it, too. And get ready for a compliment. You're the best. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right, uh, so Josh, I feel bad. I didn't even let you talk to Dari. I, that's the typical. Like there was a review this week that I read, and I was like, it was someone ripping me. It was a big Josh fan. Says Carrie never shuts up. I see where he's coming from now. You know that's so not fair though, because if it, I, I might answer four questions, but my four answers are at least two minutes apiece because I talk so damn much. Like. I'm the long-winded one, so clearly I'm not going to be involved in every little kind of, uh, I guess, momentary conversation. I've got to be the big, long-winded guy, and you guys get to have a drink and talk about, you know, whatever the hell it is I'm saying. So you get to just mute me and ignore me. So, I, you know, that's that's fine. I think people I, – I do like that we kind of almost have our like our factions. You know, like Kerry is like the driver. He, he's the one that keeps it moving in a direction. I want it to go off in random places, and everybody loves Eddie because Eddie says the things that they want to say. So I, I think we all have our crews, our groups that, that are behind us. Eddie, did you enjoy my uh, question to Rodney Anderson about being a tight end this week? I don't know if you listened to it or not. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's just... It was this right here. They referred to you as a tight end on that. I don't know if you saw that on ESPN. Um, Joey Galloway called you a tight end on that. Is that... Do you, can you take pride in that, or are you like, man, come on, I'm running back? Are they calling me a tight end? Yeah. Shoot, I don't know. I came from the backfield, so I don't know how I'm a tight end in that situation. <laughs> Maybe I'm, I guess I'm just thinking they think you're so big that you must be a tight end. Oh, I, thank you, I guess. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was, yeah, that was kind of awkward, uh, awkward talk there with, with Roddy Anderson. That was... Uh, do we have like? Did you ever get the audio of that? I have it somewhere, but I don't have it ready to pull up. Just a further example, and I like. I actually have gotten to the point where I don't even know if I like bagging on Joey Galloway anymore, just because he. I really. I think he is an idiot. It's like fighting a baby. Yeah, it's like there's there's no point in 
and crying about it anymore because I almost think he's doing it just to troll people now. Like, if you watched any of that college football special on uh, Tuesday night... Just how bad it was. So terrible. I don't understand how ESPN can put that stuff out there. It kind of reminds me of... uh, It kind of reminds me of Michael Rappaport when he does, like, those... (laughs) Uh, like goes off screaming. on those screaming tangents. Yeah. It's just like Joey Galloway, you, f- you, you. Oh God. Uh, I like the one he did with LeBron. Did you see that one when he was standing on like balloons or something? I don't know. Like, I don't think so. And he was he was has screaming. It re- has it been recent? Like, yeah, it's pretty recent. No, I just goes. saw the. It was one. on Barstool. Whenever he goes off on Levar Ball or any of the baller big baller brand, it's pretty funny. They're too. in some some. Lock him up. Interesting situation. Lock him up. I hope he goes to prison for five years. He's in China. You might. I know. Did you read that Dan Wetzel Yahoo article? No, I didn't. It's like they have a 99.2 conviction rate if they take it to court. And it would be, I guess, punishable by three to 10 years of actual Chinese prison. Stealing sunglasses. For stealing, yeah. Like, there's one thing that you don't do in China, and that's steal. How stupid are you? Very. They must be very stupid. Jeez. Well, I mean, like you were they, on. They've had someone teaching them good life lessons. So yeah, that's, that's true. That's but important. it was him and two other players. I know. And I guarantee you, it's probably one of those situations where it was just one guy, and because the other two were with him, like you don't need three guys to steal one pair of sunglasses, lemon jello th- ball or whatever. His I name stole is. beer in high school, and it only took one person. Is there a chance that Lavar is Sam happy Bradford. about this? He- did Sam Bradford like throw him to no, you? No, he would never. He would never participate in that. He's the M- DD. Martha would kill him. She'd probably kill me. Yeah, but happy birthday, Sam. I'm br- I'm glad you brought that up. Thirty years old. We're getting old. Just what's what's Sam's middle name? You know, I don't even know. Question your friendship now. Maybe Kent. I'm I'm kind of with you. I'm sitting here trying to think of any of my good friends that I don't know their middle name. My best friend, uh, his name is Clifton, but his real name is Henry Clifton Bonney, Jr. Is he a relation? To who? HBC. John, uh, uh, William H. Bonney, uh, uh, Billy the Kid. Oh, no, I don't think so. All right. I think that would have come know, up. I don't know Billy the Kid's middle name, so I guess that's, you know, similar to Eddie's situation. Do you know any of your friends' middle names? Edward Lawrence? I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, I Maybe guess. that's a younger person thing. I mean, Maybe I, I do, younger people yeah. don't care about middle names. I do. Damn millennials. I still know. What's your sister's middle name? Mine? Mm-hmm. Louise. You have the, you have the ELR thing? Is your, what's your sister's first name? Heather. Oh, okay. See, my parents did the stupid... Me and my brother Wait, and my sister. you think sister. my sister's name is like Eleanor or something? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> my, my parents did that stupid thing where uh, my I'm Carrie Aaron, my brother is Christian Andrew, and my oh, sister yeah. is Charity Amber. Oh, really? Yeah. So we're I all think, I think that is definitely a older generation thing to do. Type thing, yeah. For sure. Like, people are naming kids real weird things these days. <laughs> do you think? We get Lamelo Fargicon Ball or whatever his name is. Leangelo. Leangelo with the L I. Yeah, that That's is weird. Stupid. You know, like I said, I think Lavar might be happy about this because it's the one son he didn't really seem to care about that much anyway. Oh, if if 
you're thinking that he's going to be there standing up for him if he does get convicted of this. You're kidding yourself. He what will if, he will drop that kid so fast. What if LeAngelo Le will be in the sweatshop making the shoes that he sells? <laughs> well, he's got to get on with Stephen A. Smith and talk about Lonzo playing soft for the Lakers. So, I mean, he's got bigger shit to do. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not been a good couple weeks for the Ball family. Mm-hmm. Lonzo is like going three for 15 Isn't nightly. It- Lonzo Wednesday or something today? I think so. I think they are. The Lakers are on uh, ESPN tonight. So they're making a day out of a guy that just sucks balls. Yeah, basically. I mean, they do that. He he had that one good game against the Suns who were awful, and that's pretty much all he's done so far. Am I right? Am I remembering that right? No, yeah, yeah, you're right. He's shooting under 50% from the – from the free throw line, I think he's shooting like 30% from the floor. Yeah, it's terrible. As Dean Blevins would say, back to football. <laughs> Thanks, Dean. <laughs> All right, well, we're, we've got another first on the podcast. We we just had Dari Noka on earlier uh, from ESPN. Uh, he was not our first guest, but we've actually got our first recruit that is joining the unofficial 40, and that's Brian Asamoah. Uh, Asamoah. Uh, out of, uh, well, Brian, I feel like we need to apologize to you because Eddie and I came, you know, all the way to Cincinnati, uh, when OU played Ohio state, but we did not choose you. We chose Tavion Thomas to go see on Friday. (laughs) It's okay. So we're, we're going to make it up to you and help you promote something here. Uh, but, but, uh, Brian, you and Josh know each other very well. Josh, say hello to Brian. Brian, how you doing, man? And to to be (laughs) fair. Doing good, man. To be fair to Carrie and Eddie, you had committed that week, so they'd kind of already committed to Tavion. So it wasn't wasn't exactly a you know a him over you kind of deal. It just worked out that way. No hard feelings. We're all family now. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, Brian, just tell us a little bit about. I know your season is ended now. Uh, I, I'm sure you you you. I don't know if you get a chance to watch Oklahoma every week weekend. Do you find a way to? Find a TV somewhere where you can you can watch the Sooners. How is that working out for you? Right now, it's a family event now. Every weekend, my father, mother, the whole family, we just sit down and watch the Sooners play. Uh, we learn a lot from the game and just a lot about the atmosphere and a lot about the fans each and every single week and how supportive they are and whatnot. So I definitely made time to watch Oklahoma play. What what I mean? What are your thoughts when you watch the Sooners play right now? And, and defense, you know, they're kind of getting beat up a little bit. Uh, nationally, but uh, how, how does that how does that look to you as a recruit, as a guy that that uh, is looking to come here and play and make an impact? Well, we all know the Big Twelve is not highlighted for the defense. It's all about the high power offenses. So offensively, Oklahoma is thriving well underneath Baker, and just the offensive superpower that he brings all the receivers and running back game. Uh, defensively, we got a great linebackers core. Uh, Kenneth Mary also being a true freshman performing at a high level. Obo doing a great job. So it's Kelly and Bill. So defensively, uh, Oklahoma is in the spin as well. They there's there's there's, uh, there, there's a lot going on there. Uh, there's a lot I can learn from the system, and there's a lot that I can bring to the game to help apply to Oklahoma as well. Do you see where do you see yourself fitting in? I mean, do you see yourself kind of sliding into like where Emmanuel Beal's playing right now? Do you do you think you come in and, and be more of a middle guy or an outside guy? Where do you see yourself fitting in? Uh, talking to coaching staff, uh, they can see me coming in where Emmanuel Beal is at, or playing middle, or either one of the outsides. Um, they like how versatile I am and how I can be interchanged from multiple positions. So that's 
So where I'm needed is where I'm going to be. So that's that's the great part about it. Let me ask you. We were just talking. We were talking with Josh, uh, and just about overall kind of what it's like. You know, when recruits come in here now with these new facilities, um, I'm curious. Just kind of, you know, when you came in and you saw. I mean, you've been to to other campuses. How much of an impact does that make on guys when they see the locker room and they see the the cold tub and the you know the the Vegas lights and all that stuff and the equipment room and the weight room and the indoors? I mean, what's it like just coming in and seeing that for the first time? It's big. It's big for a kid my age because you don't usually have that at high school programs. So when you see the lights and the bazaars, it's something that catches your eye. So it's really neat the fact that we have all those resources to help us become game ready each and every single week. Is that how you Brian, look at it? Oh, go ahead, Josh. No, no, I, I was going to ask Brian. Like, I, I, I'm always interested because, you know, I, I watch this stuff and I talk to so many of you guys being the sites recruiting guy. Kind of talk about that relationship. Obviously, you're from Ohio. You don't know all these guys that are in your class like maybe they know each other, you know, being from Oklahoma or Texas or areas that are more familiar with one another. So how's that been as you've kind of developed your relationships with the guys that were either already in the class or guys like Ronnie Perkins that have recently joined? I mean, how how has that gone as you've gotten to know those guys? I've been talked. I talked to Perkins before he committed. Um, one thing I like about Oklahoma is a family is a family base. Uh, before I committed, each and every single one of the guys that commit wise was reaching out to me and asking me if I'm going to join the family. Uh, asked me what's going on my whole recruit process. So now I'm part of the family. It's, it's like a brotherhood that we haven't started yet. So we're not even on campus yet. We haven't seen each other as much as often, but it's a, it's a tight-knit bond that we have amongst ourselves. Now, on that topic, I know you were there in Columbus the night that OU got the big win over Ohio State. What was that like, man, being not only a, a guy that was sitting there and I saw, you know, there was video of you after the game, you know, kind of shaking hands with a lot of guys and celebrating with everybody, but you were kind of you were kind of on enemy turf at that point, man, having committed to Oklahoma. Absolutely. Uh, when I dropped the commitment a couple, two days before they played Ohio State, uh, it, it was big around town, but um, it was great. It was crazy. It was a crazy experience, and, and I loved each and every bit of it. Um, the fact that the team I just committed to just – Beat up on an opposing team, and it was a it was a well deserved win, and it was great. It was great fashion as well. Uh, we're joined by Brian Osamoa, uh, OU commitment, outside linebacker out of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Brian has has been to Oklahoma. Uh, you know, I'm I'm curious about this, Brian. A couple more things, uh, and we want to talk about the All American game with you a little bit. Uh, but you know, you look at this year, the Big Twelve. Right now, Oklahoma, TCU sitting at 5-6. and six. You had a, a near top 10 matchup in the Big 12 with OU and OSU uh, last weekend. And there's always this fear in, in Big 12 country like, you know, A&M's in the SEC and kids all want to go to the SEC or kids want to go to the Big 10. Like, the Big 12 is not attractive anymore. Do you think things have kind of turned around quickly because of the way the Big 12 play and the, and the, and the type of teams that they produce this year? that recruits do look more attractive at the Big 12? Absolutely. If you watch football and you're a student in the game, you can see the numbers Baker's uh, producing. You can see the rankings, and you can see where Big 12 production is. Um, just last week, I believe, there were three, there's still three teams that's in the top 20, which is Oklahoma, TCU, and uh, Oklahoma State. Am I right? And Iowa State, too, yeah. 
and, and Iowa State as well. So there's four teams right there. So to have four teams, four competitive teams also in the top rankings, just shows you how impactful the Big 12 is and where, what direction they're heading in. Now, Brian, you're working this deal pretty hard, uh, this All-American game. Uh, it, it, I don't know. I know it's a close one. Where are you right now? You're going up against a Penn State commit. Yeah, I'm going up against a Penn State commit. Somebody that's actually my friend. So we haven't spoke to since this began, but I'm pretty sure as soon as it's over, we're going to be going back to friends, uh, um, being friends. Uh, it's a close one right now. It's a neck and neck. Um, I'm up right now by point. Zero six a percent of a voting. Wow. It's closer tomorrow, one o'clock Eastern. Uh, but if I, God permits, if I win, there's one more round left, and that's over next Thursday's well, one. And if I win that, I get an invite to the Under Armour All American game. Now, <laughs> are you guys talking throughout this process since you're friends? Are you, are you giving, are you like texting each other updates or anything? Oh, not at all. Not at all. Because it's one of those things, it's just we're competing right now. We're brothers besides that, but we're competing. I'm pretty sure when uh, Payne uh, Man and Eli Man didn't play, they wasn't shaking hands during the game afterwards. <laughs> it's, all, it's all fun and games, but during the whole battle, I don't think it's warranted. Uh, now, how do people how do people uh, go about voting for you? If they want, uh, the they link is posted all over my Twitter: b underscore m o a h two one one. If you go there, it's posted all over the place. But if not, you can also go to Google and type in uh, Under Armour All-American Game Voting. And you can hit either one of the links, and you can swipe till you vote for me. Uh, continue voting. You can vote once a day. Like I said, God permits, if I win tomorrow, there's one more week left of this, and I need the Sooners Nation behind me. Well, uh, good luck to you, man. I know I know you're working hard. Maybe we could get like Mike Stoops to scream at some people if they won't vote for you. He's pretty good at that. <laughs> Uh, hey, Brian, best of luck to you. Thanks for jumping on the podcast with us, and uh, we'll uh, we'll be checking it out. But 1 o'clock tomorrow, the polls close for the All-American game. Uh, Brian Osamoa, uh, go look him up on Twitter. He's got all the links there uh, if you want to go and support him. So, Brian, thanks so much, man. Uh, uh, good luck to you. Ha- enjoy your uh, your off season. Thank you so much. I'm so, um, uh, thankful for you guys having me on here. Hope you guys are annoyed with my, my voice. I got a little cold going on here. Oh, you sounded great, man. No problem at all. All right, thank you so much. Baker for Heisman, you guys. <laughs> All right, so uh, thanks to Brian for joining us on the uh, the Unofficial 40 podcast. Uh, Josh, I, I, you know, I, I know everybody knows that Texas Tech was a huge recruiting weekend. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the recruiting aspect of TCU coming up this weekend. Tell us a little bit about uh, some of the guys coming in. Uh, I know there's some really big names coming in this weekend. There are, you know, and I think what people are going to have to just look at a little differently this go around is the unofficial list will be where a lot of the names are. It's going to be a bigger part of the visit list where against Texas tech, it was more about the 17 official visitors. And then there was a few unofficial guys kind of sprinkled in. It just wasn't as big uh, of a ratio, but this time I think the unofficial will be about two to one over the official list. So, but obviously the official guys, those are your seniors. Those are the guys that OU is still trying to close on. So we'll kind of focus there. Uh, the first one is Abdul Malik McLean, uh, a defensive end from Southern California. Uh, J. Sarah Catholic, actually from the same uh, league as Grant Calcaterra. Play, uh, J. Sarah played um, uh, Calcaterra's team this year, played him last year. So 
Uh, it's an area that Oklahoma's familiar with. Malik McLean is ranked as a three-star. He's also a UCLA commitment right now. UCLA has lost several commitments over the last few weeks. I think the the wheels are starting to come off of that class a little bit. I think maybe kind of like the A&M situation that we've already talked a little bit about, that there is a um, there's a feeling of something imminent happening with the coaching staff. So I think that's that's leading into it. Malik McLean, like I said, is a three-star by rivals. I think he is a borderline rivals 100 talent. I think Malik McLean is a big-time guy, uh, and I'll be very interested to see how hard OU pushes for him. I got the feeling that with some of their visitors uh, from the Texas Tech weekend, they were uh, don't get me wrong, they would have taken commitments, but maybe they were willing to wait and see what happened with a few other guys. I think there are several, um, I, I guess, Several sources I've talked to tell me Malik McLean is a guy that OU would like to push for. So we'll we'll see where that goes. If I I don't think he would flip this weekend, but at the same time, I didn't think anything big was going to happen on the Texas Tech weekend, and clearly I was wrong about that. Hey, let Some me let other, me ask you about oh, this real quick before we continue. Yeah, sure, sure. Because this it, it it always slips my mind, and I was curious because I thought Eddie, you know, could chime in here too. But you know, somebody asked. Who was it at the press conference? Was it Al that asked uh, Lincoln what he's doing differently than Bob did? And he, he didn't really elaborate all that much. But this is what I wanted to ask you, Josh. Like, Bob and his staff really took that approach of, you know, if you want to commit, you can commit. We're not going to do the hard sell. Uh, you know, and I think that maybe they did that because they didn't want to force a kid to commit and then change his mind and chase him around all the time. But it is am I wrong, or does it seem like Lincoln and his staff really – like they're they're going for the hard sell. I think they're more willing to. You know, I still think there is a feeling of you know Oklahoma doesn't want the guys to take visits. They're I mean, don't get me wrong. They're they've laxed on that. They know that it's going to happen in some cases. And for elite guys, you just kind of have to make those exceptions and allow them to do what they're going to do. But I think Oklahoma is more willing to say, okay, you know, we'd rather have you you know, 50% on board with us than not at all. And I think that's kind of how they're looking at it because people, you know, say, oh, all the early commitments and these guys always decommit and that sort of thing. The reality is if you commit to a school, you are infinitely more likely to sign with a school than you are if you didn't. I mean, and I know that sounds obvious, but if you think about it, like a guy, because you still have to go through all the machinations. You have to call the other school and tell them you're decommitting, and then you're going to go out and announce it publicly and go through all that, it's almost a deterrent from decommitting unless you're really sure you want to do it. So I think in a lot of ways Oklahoma is recognizing that it's better to have these guys committed and taking visits than not committed at all. And I think that's kind of where that's changed a little bit. I don't know that I feel like Oklahoma's selling a lot harder. I do see more willingness to say, hey, man, we've got – one spot at your position left. That's it. That's it. Period. Like you bet. If you don't take it now, I can't guarantee it will be there tomorrow. And that's I, I feel that's well, more right? present. Yeah, I, I feel that is a more present um, entity, uh, a more present present part of their recruiting. And I don't know that I always felt like that. You know, in the years past. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not like OU was sugarcoating anything or anything like that. But I just feel like they were always very leery of the hard sell. They wanted guys to come to it and do it on their own time. And that's fine. And I respect that. 
but it sometimes you need to give that kid that little nudge to let him know that you know this is an exploding offer. I think that's a philosophy that you can only use too when you're riding a momentum wave. Like you can't if if a team was seven and five or oh, eight yeah. and four, you wouldn't be able to do that because yeah. the kid just blow you off and pretty much call you out on bullshit. Well, that's exactly right, Eddie. And, you know, you look at, you know, I, I can remember this. One of the more famous ones is, you know, Adrian Peterson being told, hey, we're going to win with you or without you. Well, that's easy to do. And it works when you're going to back-to-back national championship games. It's a lot harder to do when you're eight years removed or ten years removed from your most recent national championship game. So you've got to come at it a little differently. And I think that's what you're seeing is Oklahoma just, you know, and I think that's why they're in a good spot right now to close strong because they're telling these kids, look, we've got this many spots. You've got one and we want you. But if this other guy jumps in, we, we've got nothing for you. And I think that's why you get guys maybe making a move before we expect it. I, I don't know that I would say Ronnie Perkins falls into that list, but I think they made it clear. And you have to remember a lot of people question OU for bringing Ronnie Perkins in along with Micah Parsons and Jeremiah Martin and that sort of thing. I think it probably put it in front of him. Hey, there's other guys out here, man. You know I mean? Like, we like you and you're the guy we want, but if you're not ready to go, we, we've got other guys that, you know, that will come and dance with us. So, you know, and that's what always, you know, it not bothered me. I, I guess I was critical of it. You know, the whole, and everybody hated the beaches comment. It's obvious. I mean, still to this day. The beaches comment. We don't have beaches here. It's like you, recruiting is selling. And when you see all these other schools and the, the you know, kid visits your school and then he goes to another school and he commits, everybody's like, what the hell happened? It's like some places just know how to sell or know how or they keep trying to sell until they hit the right vibe with a kid. And I that's I, exactly right. And I think Lincoln is really good at that. I, I agree completely. And I think to the one that always bothered me, and I know the beaches because it's just so easy to quote yeah. that kind of thing. The and I think it was more of a it became a fallback position was the we get who we're supposed to get. Yes. Man, that's 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 the stuff that got Mac Brown fired at Texas. Because he started recruiting the guys he was gonna get. Like if that becomes your belief system, well then it doesn't matter how hard you work. Like I mean and and don't get me wrong, I know I'm taking that to the extreme of what Bob Stoops meant by it. But we get who we're supposed to get takes you out of all responsibility for what happens in recruiting. It's not You're a very just, good social media hashtag. Exactly. Like, <laughs> and, and <Yeah>. that's, <laughs> I would we get say what we get. We too deep yeah. is much better than we get what we get. Yeah. Like, we and, too deep uh, until again. we are so short on depth, we're burning red shirts of a walk-on. Yeah. And that's what I like, and that's what I, I I see more than anything. I see OU under Bob was very unwilling to, you know, go after a guy that maybe didn't fit them perfectly or that they were gonna have to, you know, hey, we're we're gonna have to glad hand this person and we're gonna have to kind of play ball with this guy. And I don't mean anything well, Josh, untoward. They, I just mean Josh, they you know, they would literally like evaluate if they thought, like, if a kid was from North Carolina and they thought, oh, this guy's going to go to NC State or, you know, or he's got family there, they'd be like, well, let's not waste our time. Like, yep. they would give up on kids in in the initial stages of recruiting. Yep. Oh, I mean, guys, look at 
look at Ronnie Perkins. They've landed an elite guy from St. Louis. The last time that happened, Duran Neal. Yeah. St. Louis is not that far from Oklahoma. Like it, that, and Ohio State makes a living in St. Louis. And I, like, that's one of those things where, you know, I, I, I go back to it all the time. You know, you look, there's always areas where I'm like, well, oh, you kind of will wane there for whatever reason. I think sometimes, for, for example, I think at times they fell in love with Southern California and just went there. When you look back for years, a state that was great to Oklahoma, they've gone to sleep on, Colorado. Look at all the good players. John Cooper, uh, Zach Latimer. I mean, you got on the list. Oklahoma had some very nice players in Colorado. Yeah. And now they're not even an entity there. And and who are you going to tell me they can't go into Denver Mullen and beat CU or CSU right now? Of course they could. So it's, like I said, I mean, and that, that comes off as critical, and that's not what I mean to get it. I'm just saying I think sometimes OU got very defeatist and, well, you know, we'll just go get this guy, and that'll be fine. Well, there's a reason you like the other guy better. He's a better player. And why why wouldn't you try to go get the best talent? I feel like Lincoln and the way he set things up, he's more willing to shoot a shot. If he misses, he misses. No big deal. He'll move on to the next guy. But shoot what's shoot. wrong with taking the chance? Exactly. Like, he he's going to get some guys that OU wouldn't have under Bob just because – they're going to take a few chances that they wouldn't have. Zach Lattimore was Colorado, was he not? Yeah, he was. No, he was. Um, ooh, let me see. He was Aurora? top one hundred. I think. Oh, he right. was a five star. Yeah, he, Lattimer was a huge deal. I I think he played most of his career a little out of position, and that's what hurt him. But he was. I mean, people like to talk about Zach. Like he was a bad player. I think he was a three year starter. He was no bad player. He was. Just, you know, he wasn't. He wasn't the five star everybody thought he was. Okay, so I interrupted you. Uh, you you sure. went over Malik McClain a little bit, and you were yep. kind of getting ready to go down uh, the rest of the list. Yeah, yeah. With the officials, there I'm expecting anywhere from probably about six to ten guys. The only other guys we have confirmed right now are a couple of commitments: Miguel Edwards and uh, uh, I'm I say Delarin, but I know that's not right, and he's told me how to say it right before, and I can't ever get it right. But we're gonna go with it: Delarin Turner Yell the safety commitment out of Hempstead, Texas. Those are the two commitments that I know will be there along with Abdul Malik McLean. Now, what's interesting about Edwards is I think there are going to be several Florida guys in this weekend. Um, there are several possibilities. I, you know, I don't want to say their names because I just haven't confirmed it yet, but I would look towards pass rushers might be the way I would say that. So I think there are several guys, a couple of them I really like, and I just like I said, I'm working to get uh, them to sign off that they will be there because you hear rumors and then kids say, oh, no, you know, I've got my uncle's thing or whatever. So you just want to make sure before you report it. But to move to unofficial visitors, we've already confirmed a bunch of guys there. Um, Trajan Bridges, the OU commitment that we've confirmed, Austin Stogner, the Rivals 100 tight end that OU has committed. These are all 2019 guys that I'm going to talk about, along with Bridges and Stogner. Uh, R.J. Henderson, the five-star that's committed to Oregon that was once an OU commitment way back in the spring. Theo Weiss, another five-star that was also committed to OU, uh, actually committed with Henderson during a junior day back in the spring. Uh, Marquez Beeson, for, uh, an athlete from Dallas, Bishop Dunn. E.J. Indoma Ogar, an offensive lineman from Allen. Isaiah Spiller, a Rivals 250 uh, running back from the Houston area. And Jordan Whittington is a really interesting one from west of Houston, a town called Cuero. Um, 
Rivals 100 guy, an athlete that had released, and I'm trying to remember if it was a top five or a top six, but he had a long list, and, or a, a short list, and OU wasn't on it, and I really had kind of written OU off after that point, but he's he's going to come up, visit Norman this weekend, and I, to my knowledge, it's his first trip to OU, and if OU can make a big splash with him, you've got to think that has some positive impacts because he's a kid that I know knows a lot of kids kind of in the Houston, San Antonio area. So you kind of wonder if maybe that would help OU with some other guys if he came back with a stronger view. And it, let me ask you a question. Are there any running backs that care if they're the star anymore, if they're the they're the guy? Is that just kind of become like every running back knows they're just going to be part of a backfield? I think they all know it. I mean, to me, I think the only time you see a guy get a little edgy is when the guy kind of seems like him. Like if OU had got TJ Pledger and then went out and signed another five foot ten, hundred eighty pound kind of all-purpose guy. Yeah, they went and got Tavion Thomas, who you guys saw in person. He's a big sledgehammer. Massive I mean, that, he's just a big, big guy. So I think that's the only time because you feel like. You know, we, we can find a way to like Abdul Adams and Rodney Anderson. Well, they're different players. Abdul Adams and Trey Sermon, different players. Now, Trey and Rodney are a little kind of similar in some ways, but there's still enough gap there that you can kind of find ways to make everybody happy. And I think that's what it is. You know, like I, I talked about the Isaiah Spiller kid. Um, his dad actually played at AM, and a lot of people I think have kind of written him off to AM, and I probably fall in that camp. But he's willing to make the trip up from Houston, which I can tell everybody is not a short trip. Um, and I think is a guy that is willing to give OU a look. He really likes Jay Bolware. Uh, and, God, you look at what Jay Bolware's done. Went and got Tavian Thomas out of Ohio. Went and got TJ Pledger from California. Uh, you know, went and got Trey Sermon out of the SEC last year. It's kind of hard. I think Jay Bolware has quietly been one of OU's most consistent recruiters and probably doesn't get his credit for it. All right, it is uh, time. I think Eddie needs this. I think Eddie needs some ratings and reviews. These people are stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Wondering why he's been so quiet. There is... uh, This one... I don't... It says, Don't do as promised. Five star. It's from D Sisson 001. Not not readable. Uh, great show. They know exactly what is happening, and I love the fact that they aren't PC about issues within Sooner Sports. But 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 the only drawback is that they wait all week to put up a new show when they said at the beginning of the season. They would do the shows on Monday and get them posted on Tuesday. They are so sporadic with dates and times of posting shows. It gets frustrating and makes me want to not worry about the show. And he's going to kill this person. But when they do the shows, it is awesome, concise, and clear. You should subscribe to Soonerscoop.com if you like this podcast. Uh, First off, we said we were going to try to do them on Mondays. It turns out it's best for us to do them on Wednesdays because we can wrap up all the press conferences from the post game and preview the next game. And it just works better that way. And the downloads were not as good 
early in the week as they were midweek. So we made the decision. We're doing them on Wednesday. Now, we haven't gone a week during the season where we haven't done a podcast. So And we've never done one later than Thursday. You're an idiot. Uh, Don't listen. There. Um, you got full on Eddie there. So there you go. Sharing the love. Here we go. Uh, no better place for Sooner news and recruiting news. Five stars. That last guy did give us five stars though. Uh, five stars. This one by CJ Smurftastic. Josh. Oh, this is this is Josh's wet dream. Woo! Um, review. Josh is a must listen at all times. Even though Carrie can't shut the hell up long enough to let him talk. And is as good as it gets in the recruiting world. Carrie is great, too, with his coverage of Sooner Sports. You can tell when he doesn't take his low tee shots. The voice gets a little squeaky, Carrie. Eddie is, well, a combination of Grand Torino's version of Clint Eastwood and B. Arthur. Think about that for a second. Love these guys. Check them out. Okay, I get the Clint Eastwood part, and... I yeah, the Eddie's, B. Arthur Eddie's seems like some, a shot. But the B. Arthur, I think that's a shot. Hmm. I Eddie, don't. I don't know who that. Say you. I don't know who that is. That guy's lucky they can even open an a uh, iTunes account. Eddie, do you know who Clint Eastwood is? Uh, yeah. You've seen okay. Gra- you've seen Gran Torino, right? Great movie. Okay. Okay. Nice. All right. Uh, Even last, had a take on the movie. I'm proud, Eddie. Last review. Jim Traber is a bleep. <laughs> Five stars. Gentlemen, gentlemen, the podcast is great. I love the last one being longer than normal. That's what she said. But overall, he re- actually wrote that. That's what she said. But overall, the information in that one hour and 30 minute period is something nobody else can give us the fan anywhere else. Carrie, I know your back must hurt. Leading the way, even with your low T. Eddie, keeping us laughing and hooked with his crazy bleep comments. By the way, has Lauren made a man out of you yet? (laughs) Josh reminds me of that high school girl. Nothing but a tease. (laughs) Blue ball given punk. With recruiting info, huh? This is, this, is, this is all about the eye emojis right now. Love the mm. podcast and can't wait to listen to many more in the future. You guys keep it up. Even you, Carrie. <laughs> I'm hoping someday Traber can come on. Ha ha, just kidding. This, this podcast, this has I mean, been one of the more interesting probably ones. Probably going to start three freshmen in the secondary on Saturday. Uh, yeah, I. <laughs> I had heard that was the plan. I, I've heard some things may have changed on that. So I don't know. I'm interested to see how that goes. Well, I think it all depends. I, I Can you bench Jordan Thomas? You Do can. you think it would happen? You can. Do they need to? Probably. Will they? Probably not. I feel that way too. I think it'll be a situation, though, if he doesn't play, it'll be because he's quote-unquote injured, which is it's, Amer- it's, it's, it's incredible how every time he gets burnt, he gets, he gets injured. Hurt. Yeah. Happened at Baylor. Like, at some point, you have to just turn around and not get ran by. I don't understand how freshmen can come into the game and just play well, and then you throw seniors back out there, and he just gets burnt the entire day. There was one play I noticed. Maybe I was standing next to you, and I don't know if it was Aitman or who was on but I think it was Lacey, maybe, where he 
stood there in his stance and was just frozen. Like, his heels were on the ground. He wasn't backpedaling, and Lacey just ran right by him without any problem. It was like, what is he doing? Like, that's the kind of stuff. That's not Mike Stoops' fault. You can blame a lot of stuff on Mike Stoops. That's not his fault that he can't turn around uh, they kind of They kind of talked in the post game about uh, Motley being pulled because they felt like his... You know, his confidence was a little shaken or something like that. He might have had like at, a hissy fit on the sideline or something. I, I think say, because at what point has Jordan Thomas looked confident? Like when he made he made the play on the deep ball uh, down the OSU sideline against, I, I think it was Aitman, and he, he deflected a ball or something. And they showed a close-up of him afterward, and it looked like he was like, whew, I got past that. Like it looked like he passed the test or something. Like it w- didn't look like a guy that was like, Hell yeah, I made a play. Come and, you know, come again. I'm gonna make another one. Like he, he's looking, he's looked shaky all year. You know, just psychological. He does not look like a guy that has any confidence right now. Well, and I've said this all week. Like, is Jordan Thomas ever? Is, is he really regressed, or has Jordan Thomas just never become the player that we thought he was gonna be? He's regressed. Every player, every cornerback in this program has regressed since their freshman year. So Jordan Thomas at one time was a great. Cover corner? He's pretty damn good his freshman year. He was, no. I mean, that Clemson game, he got beat bad quite a bit. Who didn't, though? I don't, I don't, I looked at him as a freshman and I said, he's got some potential. I didn't come, uh, I didn't, I didn't feel like, I didn't feel about him like I did about Motley when he was a freshman. His first five games, six games. He had... 17 pass breakups last year as a junior. This year, going into the OSU game, he had two. Did you guys see that stat? Trey Norwood had as many against Oklahoma State as Jordan Thomas has had this season. I just don't understand how that happens. And and Trey Norwood looked like a legitimate cornerback when he From came. From what he I did. saw in the OSU Trey game, really they should good. start two freshmen at cornerback. I, 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 I think that they should start Trey Norwood and Parnell Motley and have Trey Brown on the ready. If Parnell looks anything go, like he did, I'd, I'd go Trey Brown ahead weeks. of Trey Norwood. I think I would, Trey Brown's pretty good. the The freshman that I wouldn't start is Robert Barnes. I don't think Robert Barnes was ready to be out there yet. They have um, to. Yeah, they have no, no choice. No, no. I mean, it, they may have to. I'm saying, um, in my Norwood Brown, I don't care who's healthy. They should. They should. It, Norwood, without question, Brown. Probably. I'm not as convinced Motley is down and out as Thomas is. I I don't know if there's a road back for Jordan Thomas. I feel like he's just rattled beyond Jordan, rep, at least repair this year. Jordan Thomas has one interception and two pass breakups this year. Two. That's, he's been bad. I mean, he's, ever since Baylor, he's been bad. You know who also has two pass breakups? Emmanuel Beal, Obo Okoronkwo. Yeah, those are the only two, but I thought I was going to list off a bunch of guys, but... <laughs> I mean, he has been, he hasn't been bad. He's been awful. Yeah. He's not good. I don't see how you, it's just not going to turn around in one week. So if you got to bench kids, bench them. I'm all for benching Jordan Thomas. They're trying to win more than games this year. I mean, their backs are up against the wall. And But hey, fans show up and be loud because that's what's going to get them through on Saturday. Not... Not the players on the field. And ACDC. And the music that's Scorpions. played. Hope they play. Bring out the dogs. 
die. Isn't it whoop, there it is. Oh my god. If they play I any that edited Eddie said song. It wrong. God. Oh, that was beautiful, Eddie. I thought you said it wrong by accident and you said it wrong purposefully. That was well done, sir. Well done. God. Some of you people are the worst. <laughs> Eddie, any other thing about OSU you want to talk about? Defensive line? No, it was just an awesome game. The whole the whole thing. I mean, when you got down on the field... The crowd was really good. Yeah, it was. When you got down on the field, Kerry, they lost the game multiple times. Like, I turned to you and said, they're losing this game. I got down there right as Baker was throwing his interception in the end zone. Yeah, you I, came right down right before the... Uh, Pass, right after the pass interference. I was coming down through the elevator while they were making that pass interference. I, I, don't, I don't think that there is any OU fan after the interception in the end zone, which if Baker doesn't tackle... Uh, oh, what's his name? I completely forgot the linebacker's name. That Whitehead or whatever. Uh, no. Yeah, Whitehead. No. Whatever. It wasn't Walter Scheid. It was... Uh, um, I don't know. Connor McGinnis was just robbed of the uh, holder of the week. Notre Dame. Austin Cyber is not going to be happy. Uh, but after the, that interception, I don't think there's any Oklahoma fan that thought they were going to win that game. No, I mean, no, I didn't. I, I thought it was over. Your your in game betting would have been well, very heavily favored on Oklahoma State. Side. Actually, that's not true. Now, after the targeting, I didn't think there was any way that they would win that game. Okay, yeah, yeah. Guys, how how would you rate? Baker's performance he set a school record all that sort of thing but when I went back and did the idiot he had the two picks and they were bad but he nearly threw the pick six in his own end zone uh and I guess that would have been the third quarter and then right after the Will Johnson interception if I remember right um and I mean there were several they had the the sacks that he took and you can say the offensive line maybe didn't play great a couple of those those four or five sacks that they had those were Baker. He's got to get rid of the ball. Yeah. And I, no, like I said, we he have had a blaming, great day in a lot of ways, but I, I don't know. I didn't feel like that was a really great performance from him. No, I mean, the numbers were huge. Yeah. But I didn't think, I didn't come out of that going, wow, Baker's really on a different level tonight. Which just kind of tells you how screwed up the Heisman Trophy is to begin with because he didn't play, like, all that great. I think we can all say that. No one and has he, shown that he had two interceptions. Like It's like Baker Mayfield, 598 and five TDs. Yeah, and a running touchdown and a great picture by Sarah Phipps from the Oklahoman. But let's – I mean, and he – I'm not saying he shouldn't not win the Heisman by any means, but it's just funny how the narrative can change with a couple – just a couple tweaks But isn't here and that there. with every, every player everywhere? I mean – Yeah. Obviously – uh, Lamar Jackson has some things here and there. He just plays on a shit team. Yeah. You, you but, know I mean, if funny? you watch him every day, I'm saying, you know, you you could tell he can't make this throw or maybe he struggles with, you know, this type of pass or yeah. this read. Well, the I mean, the interception in the end zone was just, I don't think he saw him. He didn't, no. I don't think he saw either of them, him or AJ I think he Green had trouble with those one. black uniforms. I I can't – it's just so funny because, you know, we talk about the whole, you know, the is the Big 12, is it offense, defense, chicken or the egg, whatever. He didn't put up the same kind of numbers, but he was miles better against Ohio State than he was against oh, Oklahoma yeah. State. 
he looked rattled at times against Oklahoma State, and I didn't ever feel like he looked off for a minute against Ohio State. From the very first moment the game started, he looked off. Yep. Oh, yeah. I. You know, I would put the Kansas State performance a couple weeks ago way, way oh, yeah, ahead that of was what really he did good. Stillwater. Yeah, yep. they, I thought he was great that day. I think everybody around the office thinks that that was his best game ever, the Kansas State game. Yeah, it was good. But you're right, that, that Ohio State game, he made a lot of good throws. He protected the football. He moved the offense. I mean, they were dominant in the second half. But he did that just because of the play design, right, Eddie? What? That was the Joey Galloway thing. Oh, God. <laughs> Lincoln like, Riley I, called the plays, and he didn't have to make any tough throws. That was the first I seriously think thing. I am just blacking out every time that he talks now. <laughs> like, there's... You can't... John Skipper cannot... Like, ESPN has made some bad decisions lately. But employing him might be their worst. Jesse's second. Their, their college football production is... We were so bad. We were talking about this morning. Like, why did you get rid of Danny Cannell? I I really don't know. Like, I I like Danny Cannell. They literally probably it was him or Jesse Palmer, and they went with Jesse Palmer because he could do their other ABC or Disney crap. I'm sure it has something to do with that. But I mean, Joey Galloway, he just he's an idiot. I I don't. There is nobody that watches Joey Galloway and's like I've had people that you know. He's an idiot. People do not like Joey Galloway. What's funny is on the football final, I'm sitting there watching it, and it's Joey and Jesse. And Jesse is sitting there, and Joey's having to listen to him talk about how Baker Mayfield throws the best deep ball in all of college football. And he he highlights the the throw that he had to to Marquise Brown, the one that it wasn't the slant. It was the other long one. Yeah, the third quarter or fourth quarter. All Jesse's talking about is how he shouldn't be able to throw the ball that far because his feet were flat and he threw it 55 yards in the air. And he's saying all this next to the guy that Josh just reminded us said that Baker never makes any tough throws. They, so he's picked Baylor. He did the Bakers, you know, Lincoln Riley gets him open receivers. Stupid comment. He picked Baylor to win the Big 12. I mean, just... He goes, I think he's trolling... A lot of people now. I think he's just playing into it because he says some stuff that you. I don't think that you honestly can believe. It's hard to under. It's hard to understand how somebody that's played that much football says some of the stuff he does. Right. And here's the thing: we're only paying attention to Oklahoma. Imagine, like, if you're a Iowa fan or a they they didn't even talk Wisconsin fan. They didn't even talk about TCU on the on the show. They're the number six team in the college football rankings. I don't think they spent any time on them. Then they. I don't remember. Yeah. Last night they no, do they, the. I mean, it was Texas and. TCU. Did they spend some time on it? They they showed highlights. I remember. Yeah. Well, probably because they had to. But all those shows. I mean, unless you were Oklahoma, you didn't get much time. You don't get much time on that show. They're trying to show every game that's played. They're just whipping through. That's like I think Lincoln got pissed off because they didn't show many highlights at Kansas State. Yeah. Well, and then you have the. I mean, the whole Heisman segment was just incredible. Talking about like. They, did you see, like, they go to a commercial and they're like, coming back, we're going to talk about Baker Mayfield taking the lead in the Heisman race. And then they spent literally eight minutes talking about how Saquon Barkley isn't being used right by James Franklin. <laughs> well, I mean, that's better than just sitting and saying Baker Mayfield's clearly the leader. And he doesn't do it against any defenses, so it's not that impressive. 
after the last two weeks, is it even close anymore? No. I don't even feel like it's close. No, it's like, as long as he doesn't go out and lose the game this weekend for Oklahoma and like throw an interception to lose the game, I mean, he can he can book the hotel room to New York City, get a nice suit prepared. He's start winning working it. on his speech. Start working on the speech. Probably needs to thank me. And a lot of people will turn in those ballots before the Big 12 championships even played. Yeah, and but we're also, again, we're talking about I'm trying to think of like major award voters. The Heisman voters might be the dumbest group of individuals in the country. Well, there's just so many of them that don't deserve votes. Well, and they all keep their votes. So, you know, and the the former players are probably the worst, the, the former Heisman winners. I bet there are some former Heisman winners that never even know who they vote for and or have already turned their vote in. There's three weeks in the season left. They are accepting, I think, ballots. And that's that that's might insane. be insane. Yeah, yeah, that's there's that's no insane. way before like Thanksgiving they should, you should release have a, any vote. They should release the names of people who already have sent their votes in, and then they get publicly shamed in the middle of town square. Well, we'll just know, take them away. We'll know depending on you know how many votes Adams gets for Notre Dame. He'll need to play well the next couple because like if he ends up second in the Heisman. Need to just take away a bunch of votes in the Northeast. Yeah, or wherever. Probably a bunch of, no. I was going to say a bunch of votes from Florida, but I mean, it'll be interesting. So we I think this. Miami's a lot better than they have been. Let me ask you this. They're better than I thought they were, I guess. Okay, Baker Mayfield is the best throwing quarterback in the country. The best overall quarterback in the country. Who's second? I mean, it's easy to say Lamar Jackson because he's still really good. It's not just Sam out, Darnold. Just outright thrower? Just a guy that throws and makes plays, yeah. Mason Rudolph. Now, You're Josh gonna, Rosen. Josh Rosen. It's too uh, bad he plays for a pathetic but, program. Uh, he does. Jo- Josh Rosen, if he had any I sort nailed of that early lineman, in the year. He, he'd be making a run at Baker. Josh Rosen's unbelievable now, with some of the stuff he can do. If you want a guy that, between Mason Rudolph and Josh Rosen, who do I want the ball in the fourth quarter of a tight game? I'd go Josh Rosen every time. I think... I think you hit it on the head, and it was a perfect analogy, Kerry. Mason Rudolph is a fiery Landry Jones. That's all he is. I think he's better at at making decisions. No, yeah, in I, the I would agree. Game. But when you need a guy to make a throw, Landry has a better arm. I think. I'm just not that impressed with Mason. Ru- and I, does Landry he's make hurt. that throw at the end of the game? I I think he might. He did against West Virginia. It's true. Yeah, but that was a slant into the end zone. As opposed no, I, to... He had I mean, some big throws to put him in, the, in that position, Yeah. I mean, look, Landry was great when he knew that Kenny Stills was going to be open downfield or that Ryan Broyles was going to be open every time. But he was... Not, remember when Ryan Broyles got hurt at A&M, how bad that offense got? That was when they went to the Insight Bowl, I think. Yeah. Well, look how Oklahoma State started to sputter when James Washington went out of the game. Yeah. They weren't nearly the is same it, offensively late in the third quarter. And it's the not fourth. fair, but Aitman his legacy a, is written. Aitman has a use, but it's it's not Yeah, it's not what James Washington is. It's not your big play guy. He's a possession I thought, receiver. I thought they were super late to react. I thought Tyron Johnson was giving them more problems than he James was. Washington was. He's, he's going to be a handful. He's really, really good. Wonder uh, how big of an impact uh, Jalen Rager will have in this game. 
He hasn't been doing much the last couple of weeks, it doesn't seem like, for TCU. You have to wonder if he's looking at what Sedarian Lamb is doing and thinking, damn, that that could have been me. I don't know. You know how that goes, Josh. Guys usually, when they talk themselves oh, yeah. in a decision like that, sure, they, sure. they not that they make stuff up, but they it's set in their mind. Yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. He feels fine. I mean, he's playing for the number six team in the country and has a chance to go to the college football playoff. He's not pissed off about his decision or anything. But you just, like, I, that's one of those decisions. Like, we talked about it when it happened. I still don't understand it. I don't, I don't understand the logic in it at all. A lot of guys, I'm like, okay, I can see where you were coming from there. But that one was just baffling to me, and it still, still confuses me what the thinking was there. Yeah, he really hasn't. His biggest game so far is uh, he has seven receptions for sixty-four yards. Wow! So on the season? On the season, it doesn't have the wow. Tex- it doesn't have the Texas uh, stats for some reason. It doesn't have the Texas stats added to this, but uh, he had one reception for one yard against Iowa State, two for two, two for twenty-four against Kansas, one for two against. Uh, no, maybe I'm looking at the wrong thing here. Oh yeah. That's rushing. All right. Okay. I, was like, I thought he'd done more. Yeah, than that, that makes sense. He has nineteen for three hundred eight. So he's okay. He's second, or no, he's third, fourth on the team in receiving. Uh, it still doesn't have the Texas stats in here, but uh, yeah, he has nineteen for three hundred eight, four touchdowns. So nothing, not nothing bad. crazy, but yeah. nothing terrible. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see him and. I'm sure he'll just say, well, Rambo's not playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, like I said, I'm going back to last year, I think people at OU thought Rager and Lamb were clearly the two best long before it kind of ended up showing that way in the rankings. Don't get me wrong, I, I think everybody loves Rambo and thinks he can be very good, but they, my impression was always that, though, that Lamb and Rager were kind of seen as the, the elite guys in the state. Well, look, my thing with TCU is – just kind of how I'm looking at it. I, 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 I could see OU losing this game. Like, if they can find a way, if OU's offensive line doesn't show up, doesn't play well, which they don't. I mean, they're not always a dominant offensive line. If if that happens, and TCU starts getting some pressure on Baker, making it hard for him, if they can slow down that offense a little bit, OU's defense is. At times, been so terrible. I could see how they could lose this game. Oh sure. Uh, what 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 number do you think Oklahoma has? Like, what number does TCU have to get to to be in this game? Like, I don't see TCU holding OU under X thirty. That's always kind of been the metric for Lincoln Riley the last couple of years. Yeah, but they're good enough. They could hold OU to like twenty four. I think there's a better chance that he scores 24 in the first half than doesn't score 24. Does that I make agree. sense? I, I, I like I think, TCU. I think people are falling a little in love with what they are. I think OU is offensively, after last week, I, I just feel like it seems like they are getting to that point where it has happened in the last couple of years in November where they find a stride where Lincoln Riley does everything right. I mean, they scored 62 and left. You could say they left three touchdowns on the field last week. I mean, is that crazy? 
the two times the, inside the red zone and then the the pick at the end. Yeah. Well, and also the the first pick to Green, the play before it should have been a huge play to Mark Andrews. Right. And Baker just missed him. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, now don't get me like any team can do that. Like, you know, if we'd have this here and that, I mean, don't that happens. But I mean, you're talking about Baker Mayfield. Like those are throws he usually makes. So it's, I like I said, I I think TC I think TCU has to score thirty four to win this game. Has to, and I even that I don't know that I believe that's enough. And I just I don't know if I'm ready to buy Kenny Hill at that level. Zach Smith did it. Yeah, you're. God, you're not wrong. You're not. I like. I keep thinking this defense is gonna find something that works, and then. I don't know. And then they throw out another clunker. It, it the the weird thing too is is the fact that they they have gotten team and they got Oklahoma State and they'd get them in third and long, they just give up a third and twenty. Or they'd get them in a third and eight and give up a fifteen yard out. Like I didn't I, think that they just there was there was like three or four drives, which probably, you know, fans would say is three or four too many, but there was like three drives where they Oklahoma State just drove straight down the field. And it was most of the second quarter. They OU hasn't allowed more than 14 points in the second half in the last four games. And that's insane to think about considering how bad they've been. First half's just killed them. No, they, I mean, and that's what's interesting about this is Gary Patterson's known as a guy that makes unbelievable halftime adjustments and kind of the same deal with Bill Snyder. And that's kind of always been what I thought Mike's strength was. Well, this year, I mean, this week, is is that gonna, is it going to be able to be fixed if OU gets into a big hole? Yeah, well, you can't do that this weekend, or you are in trouble because that's what uh, that's what they did in Stillwater uh, TCU, and they that's I think that's their plan again this week is to to try and get up, uh, build a lead early, and then uh, kind of grind it out. Well, and force OU to be one dimensional, right? Know, okay, you've got to throw the ball. Okay, we can pin our ears back. We don't have to worry about your ground game. You know. That's that's when Gary Patterson's right at home. Be interesting to see if uh, Gary Patterson sacrifices a freshman to knock out Baker like he's tried to do the last two years. <laughs> well, that that LB was really good. What was his name? Um, the one that took the cheap shot two yeah, years ago. Yeah, not Matthews, like Summers or something. I think it was Summers. I think Summers sounds right. Like, Ty Summers. I was gonna say Travion Summers. Didn't they have a? It was a white dude. I don't know what any white guys named Travion. You'd be surprised. Back it up in the hood and PC. Yeah. Raising them that way. I did go to a public school. I don't. I, you know, Gary Passion's a good coach, man. No, he's I mean, a very good coach. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm gonna come around to your side. You guys' side. I just feel like you. You feel like there's not a whole lot to, like TCU is over, overhyped. That. I'm saying that? Well, I feel that from Josh. It's not that they're... Oh, I think... There's six I think the there's country. a lot of value I mean, being put in the Kenny Hill. That's what, I've been, saying, that's what I've been saying for two hours. <laughs> and no, people I mean, are worried like, about what music they're going to play. The, don't get me wrong. TCU is fully capable of coming in and beating Oklahoma. Like, I don't want that to be misunderstood at all. I, I don't see any way that TCU runs away in this game. I... I I don't really think OU will, but I could believe that a little more. 
And if it comes down to the fourth quarter and you've got to have people making plays and I've got to choose Kenny Hill or Baker Mayfield, I, I don't even – I mean, is anyone going to make that bet in the opposite? I don't even no, think Gary same, Patterson would make that That's call. the same argument I made why OU would win Bedlam. Yeah. When it looks pretty equal, usually the best player on the field wins. The problem is with that I, – I mean, to me, TCU has a much more legitimate defense. Agreed. I don't think they're as dangerous offensively, though. Is it? No, they're not. Is it important? I guess, I mean, I don't know. I, I it, It's kind of interesting that TCU does have this really good defense. I think they rank, what are they? They're top seven nationally in defense overall. If OU just comes in and shreds them, does that even, nationally, will that just, will people just say, oh, well, there's another Big 12 defense? Or will it be oh, a good Oh, it's exactly thing? what they'll do. Right or wrong, that's exactly what right. they'll do. It's almost better for OU if they win like yeah. 31 24. Okay, that's what I was, that's, that was kind of my point, Josh. Is, yep. And I think that and is it's stupid, insane. But it's, it's, yep, I agree. I agree. I think it's ridiculous, but I think that's the way that'll be looked at. Let's see. Yeah, TCU number six in the country, giving up 284 a game. OU's number one in the country, averaging over 608, I think, right now. Yeah, and TCU's number one in rush defense. So, I mean, it's a big test. There's no yep. doubt about that. If, no. if if the offense puts up 35 in this game, that's a massive number against this defense. What's the most? What's the most? De- what's the most points they've given up all year? OSU scored 33, and that was right? in a blowout. That sounds right. Was that 47-33? 45-33. I. If I remember right, the most points they've given up this year, SMU scored 36, 44-31 in Stillwater. Can OU stop their run game, though? So 36. 36 was the most. SMU. Oh, that's right. September 16th. Can OSU stop, or can OU stop their run game? I think they have a better chance with uh, Neville Gallimore coming back this week. Because he's been awesome this year? Just another body. Yeah, I think yeah. more so than it certainly than what helped he's DJ added. Ward having another body out there. And you look like when I was doing the idiot and going back over Oklahoma State. Good lord! And you guys know I think the world of Caleb Kelly, and he had some really great moments against Oklahoma State. But God, he was killing them on that backside cut for Justice Hill. He was late every time, and that's where you would see Hill bounce outside for those huge runs. And it was just. And yeah, I, you know, like I said, it's, it's not city. all Caleb, but the hole he was running through, that's Caleb's. It's going to be a good one. I mean, it's five versus six. Yep. It's a re- it's the best defense in the conference versus the best offense. The best player in the conference, Baker Mayfield. I don't know that TCU. TCU, whoever number 15 is, he's a stud. Defensive lineman. That's, yeah, that's the kid. Isn't he the transfer from... Um, I don't think he's the transfer. I think the transfer is a DT. This guy's a defensive okay. end. Okay. I, obviously, you can tell I have not done under the hood yet, so I haven't sit and broken down the it's personnel like, like I normally Bo would. Bo Bomiga or something like that. Ben yeah, Benuga. It, ben Benuga. He's a transfer. Yeah, Ben Benuga. No, he's the ULM guy. Yeah. Oh, he's the ULM, ULM. guy. He's good, yep. man. I watched him against yep. Texas. He terrorized them. And I, you could make a case that Traven Howard's the best defender in the league. I mean, he's at linebacker he's been good for, for a long time. Yeah, yeah, he wouldn't work everywhere at six one two fifteen, but 
in the Big Twelve, he's he's a handful, man. He's really really good. You get the under hood under the hood done, Josh, and I'll uh, I'll do a breakdown of the TCO show, girls. <laughs> I love it, Eddie. I love it. I, I think that is the perfect. Do they have a website? We can, we, we can yeah, co-release them. Just bring it out together, side by side. Something tells me yours is going to get more hits. I'm uh, I'm 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 a pervy old man, but I'll tell you, those are good looking gals. TCU's mm. the best. TCU's even in tops. The, even in the stands, Bunch the of women rich. are hot. Bunch of rich private school yeah. girls. Well, it probably helps that you can see them so clearly. They don't get lost in any shuffle. Is that a pun joke? No, there's nobody there. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you get a good clear line Yeah, their line crowds of sight. suck. That, that's that's unexpected. And they've been so good for so long. How do they have no real fan base? They're all it's Cowboys a, fans. Well, it's just a small school. Yeah. I've always felt like. I mean... But Baylor's, I mean, well, they're a bigger school. They're That's out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> they, uh, okay, hey, congrats, though. But they, they congrats to Baylor on their first win of the year. I know that'll make uh, the yeah. asshole in Bristol happy. <laughs> you know, I like Kansas's uniforms. I didn't even watch it. I didn't I see a they second were of it. Pretty nice. I'm just ready for the uh, annual trip to Lawrence next weekend, in which I am 100% sure, certain. There will be double OU fans and Kansas fans from from just the pictures oh, yeah. that I've seen in the last couple of weeks oh, of yeah. Kansas games. Like it might even be a home game for OU. Just played. I think so. There may be more if, OU fans tailgating than there will be Kansas fans in the stadium. If they beat TCU, there might be thirty thousand OU fans up there. It could be very. That could be very true. Which would be crazy. Hopefully, I won't lose my wallet this trip. We'll just keep you in the car the entire time on the way up. <laughs> I thought I stayed in the car the entire time the last time. I had to I get out and get gas. gas. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's where it was. I think I just put it on the roof or something. It's my only explanation. Eddie, yeah, Eddie seems happier now. I feel better now. There may, there's going to be some things cut out of this podcast. I'm just so worried about giving the people what they want, you know? You You're a man it. of the people, Eddie. I got you. No more certain things. Be nice, though. Anyway, I won't say it. I'll be nice to everybody except for two people in this entire world. Do you just want me to say their names so you can just say horrible things? No. I, I think everybody knows how I feel about both of them. I, I don't, we don't need to expand on it. I get along with Jim Traber just fine. That, that's fine. You work with him. I don't, thankfully. And I just use it as a... Here's the thing. Here's how you get along with Traber. You don't have this outlet. Is when he says something you don't like or you think is stupid... You get to make fun of it and make fun of him. He's just, and I think I speak for a lot of people in my demographic, uh, or at my age at least, we think he's a huge pussy. He's just an old man. That has lost it. That has absolutely lost it. All right, we're not doing this. (laughs) And I, I think everybody agrees with me on that. There's not one person that I talk to that would say differently. Can't connect. He's lost touch with reality. He's an idiot. Makes more money than any of us do. Yeah, that. I mean, that. That's true. One hundred percent fact. But in the next five years, guarantee you, his life goes way downhill. <laughs> well, I mean, it's already that trending in that direction. He's got I, that's several new body parts. That's what I'm saying. He's more machine like, now. He is than losing man. it. He is losing it. Anybody that has listened to his show in the last couple of days. Knows he is losing it. He's been this way for a long time. He it's worse than usual. 
He is losing it. I don't know if it can get much worse. It it can and it will. It's kind of like you. I think that's why you can't get along. He just hates everything. I I don't know about that. You hate a lot of stuff. I do. <laughs> but I'm not miserable like he is. <laughs> and we will we'll we won't get into the personal side of it, but So you're saying oh, okay. See, I'm letting you drag me into something. I, and I'm trying not to. I'm trying to be a good boy. Bill Beanbow was just uh, nominated for uh, the Broyles Award, though, so good for him. All right. We, uh, we've really got to get out of here. Josh's computer died, so he's gone. Uh, but that's going to do it for this uh, episode of the Unofficial 40. Huge game coming up. Uh, want to remind you guys, Hayden's Hope, the West Virginia ticket giveaway. It's a complete package. Go check that out on the website. It's for a great cause. Uh, Dari Noka, thank you for joining us. Uh, really, really cool stuff, Gary, that you and Dari put together. This is, I, I really haven't, uh, it's been all, I think, kind of behind the works, but it's been awesome that you guys are doing this. So it's, yeah, we really spent a good that, month. You know, had to, had to get Joe C to help us out with yeah, this deal. I hope it goes off as, as planned. I think it will yeah, too. Yeah, please. Uh, it's, it's a great cause. Uh, it's not a cheap deal. But uh, I hope you'll you'll consider it if you have the means because it, it will be really cool to go down there on the field and see Baker Mayfield warm up. And it's on his, his senior last night. game. Yeah, literally the last game he'll play in Norman. His parents will probably be there on the field. Oh yeah, they come to every game though. Yeah, he got his money's worth. He can't he can't be too sad out there. It it I mean it, this, this will be a separate discussion to separate come. Yeah. discussion to come, but. Can you imagine if he wouldn't have gotten that last year of eligibility if they wouldn't have granted it to him? Well, he could have transferred to somewhere else, though. As a grad transfer? Yeah. That would have been something. Out of the conference. Yeah, that would have been something. He would. He probably would have gone to, like, I don't know where he would have gone. Maybe Washington State? <laughs> he could have gone to, like, wouldn't have been to USC. Who's a superpower without a quarterback right now? Man. What about Miami? He wouldn't have gone to Florida State. Florida? He could have gone to Florida, but they wouldn't have had the offensive coordinator. Have to be somebody be in the, right now. the leech tree. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, we'll debate that next time, maybe. Uh, where would Baker play his senior year if he hadn't got his extra year for the Big 12? Maybe we can just ask him next week. Yeah, we could do that. Or a bowl game. We'll, we'll wait till the bowl week. Yeah, that'll be good. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to do it. Thanks to Josh McQuiston. Thanks to Dari Noka. Uh, thanks to Eddie Radosevich for being evil as always. Uh, we'll see you guys next time right back here on the next edition of the Unofficial 40. Podcasts from Soonerscoop.com.